Welcome to Nate Takes On Real Estate. I'm Nate Cody, a realtor with Modern Realty in Midland, Michigan, and I've noticed people love to talk about real estate, the good, the bad, and especially the ugly. So, eh, why not podcast about it? Between bouts negotiating for clients like you, I interview noteworthy, knowledgeable, or failing all else, entertaining guests about all kinds of topics in the world of real estate. From the practical, what do you do when a house fails an inspection, to the weird, you bought the house because it has a ghost? So please, join me in today's episode of Nate Takes on Real Estate. My guest today is Matt Smith. Before real estate, Matt owned and operated Smitty's Ironworks for a good length of time, and he helped many in Midland get into better shape. He may be considered the patron saint of Midland's personal trainers. I can at least say Matt is widely known, well-liked, and respected among Midland's fitness crowd and serious weightlifters. In real estate, Matt has developed a large network of clients, and he especially enjoys working with what he terms recreational property, which is a big improvement over the regular term, vacant land. Well, hello, Matt. How are you today? I'm great, Nate. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. We were supposed to get a big snowstorm, and we've got nothing yet, but you just told me what? It looks like the snow is going to stay south for a few days. Stay south, and then we might get a little bit up here. A little bit. They're talking about maybe one to two inches late Wednesday night. Yeah, that's not a problem. I saw a funny Facebook on from a teacher just this morning that said, I don't know how a whole winter storm disappears, but teachers are at least disappointed. So <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I thought that was And good. five to 15-year-olds across the county are <laughs> absolutely devastated. Devastated. That's yeah. right. That's right. My kids included. So I wanted to talk to you today uh, among your many talents, and I'm pretty impressed with your legacy in this town, your experience, and you've seemed to have been all over the place, and now you're just killing it with real estate. I've done a little bit of land and, but you've done quite a bit of vacant land. So I was hoping to get you on here to talk about vacant land today. Absolutely, Nate. I love land and uh, I love working with all clients, but land is definitely a passion uh, that I have. Now, where does that come from? Well, it really comes from uh, a a life uh, growing up in Michigan, hunting and fishing. Okay. And being a steward of the land and my dad taught me, you know, always to be very responsible and ethical in the way that we fished and the way that we hunted. And so that kind of grows and builds and and you start looking at the land a little differently than just what you can take from it. Absolutely. You know, what you can also give back to it as well. I've got a background biology and that's everything from ecology to, I spent a lot of time cutting up roadkill for parasites and exciting stuff like that. It's always interested me. I grew up hunting mostly birds, pheasants and quail and in Nebraska jumping dams for ducks. But I do understand the environmental approach that hunters bring and that it's something that brings them into the environment and they love the, you know, habitat and all that stuff. A lot of people who grew up in cities and they don't understand that, but I absolutely do. I've never shot any large game. I walked for deer, kind of like walk deer for people and stuff like that. Did your father have land? How old were you when you started hunting and when did you hunt? Yeah, so it really started very young. My dad was in the military. So, you know, firearms were 
not an unusual thing in our house. And and we only had two acres, but we had a neighbor that lived behind us that had about 15 acres. There you go. And they didn't hunt, but they allowed us to hunt their property. And yep. so I had that acreage, you know, right behind my house. So I didn't have to go look for state land or anything like that. And having the accessibility of that land right behind our house meant that when I was 10 to 12 years old and I got my first uh, 22, I could go out and squirrel hunt after school. Right. Um, and it was very accessible. So that's really kind of how it started. It started yeah. with squirrels and some rabbits and, and things like that. And then at that time, we were still under the old hunting regulations that said you can't bow hunt until you're 12 and you can't rifle hunt until you're 14. Yeah. Um, so I had to wait until I was 12 and then I got a bow and I did was uh, fortunate enough to harvest my first whitetail at 12 years old with okay. a bow. So it's just progressed from there. I've just absolutely cannot handle a bow. Every time I've ever done it scares me. Just a, just a wuss or something. I mean, Boy Scouts didn't help me with that. Nothing. So, so is it the drawing back of the bow and, 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 and thinking about the limbs breaking or something? What is it? That, no, no, no. It it's it's literally for me, and I know they have pads, but I just imagine that string just raking the inside of my forearm or something like that. Sure. And I just never, of course, I can't say I ever had any was on any decent equipment mm-hmm. <laughs> you know like a nice compound and stuff like that it was usually boy scouts you know 30 year old plastic or wood or well wood's nice but you know what i'm talking yeah, about. yeah absolutely but yeah I, so i grew up running up and down between uh, on land that was like a a big v where a creek went into a small river but called the little blue river in nebraska and also had a 22 and and just by myself i'd go rabbit hunting and stuff like that i went out with a friend once and we went out rabbit hunting and i kind of was pulling his leg and he he'd never hunted before and he goes uh all right what do we do and i said well we gotta be sportsman like so and we were probably 13 12 or 13 with a couple 22s i said you only shoot at a running rabbit And you only shoot it through the neck because you hit the head, it messes up the chemistry somehow. And if you you hit the body, you mess up the meat. And he's just looking at me and I'm like, that's just how you shoot rabbit. And so I just, you know, just choking around. And a little while later, we saw a rabbit. It was running sideways and I shot in the general direction of the rabbit with a 22 and I hit hit the poor thing. And we go to look at, and I don't say anything, we go to look at right through the neck. (laughs) <laughs> that's great <laughs> and i just said well that's yeah that's why i said you gotta shoot him through the neck and he was just looking at me <laughs> to this day i don't think i said you know that was an almost a coincidence yeah yeah that's yeah. fantastic so you've done quite a bit of vacant land so we call it vacant land but that's anything from a built small building lot to a large hunting something for hunting or nature preserve it's different from like residential or industrial real estate. Tell me a little bit about some of the differences or how you handle it. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny that you bring that up about that terminology because it it really is a little bit deceiving when you just say generically vacant land. Yeah. And when I'm having a conversation with somebody, I, I talk about recreational property. Okay. And, and I think that the term recreational property represents what you're doing more than just saying, you know, vacant land. Uh, but within our industry, it's it's certainly known as vacant land. The fun thing about calling it recreational property is it's not backing that piece of property into a corner and saying that it's hunting land or it's this land or it's that land. It's oh, okay. recreational property. 
And I have, I have um, people come to me and they're looking for property and they're not hunters, but they're looking for a place where they can go hang out, you know, 20 acres, 30 acres, where they can go hang out with their family and ride quads and, and do things like that and have and, fun and go for hikes and yeah, have a bonfire if yeah. they live in the city. So I think that I really like to, in all due respect to the land, call it recreational property because it really does represent the fact that that land may serve many uses to whoever it is that's potentially going to buy that land. Well, that's that's a good point. It's just a much more pleasant label than vacant land. It really is. Vacant land's the old, like, we have to come and conquer this and build on it and throw a sewer and water in there. And that's a good point. That's I I kind of appreciate that, recreational land. I, I think vacant land really came more from building lots in town. Yeah. You know, within the city limits, you know, people call that. Well, then it just kind of, you know, instead of having two different terms for the same thing, people just call it vacant land and and that's what it is. Do you work that verbiage then into your MLS or board advertisements when you put it on there? I mean, you have to check the box vacant land or DACO. Documentium. Yeah. So you work recreational land into like the description? Yeah. You know, the thing about writing listing descriptions for property, and I absolutely love representing sellers um, in recreational properties because it's an opportunity to tell the story of that land and also really get some exposure for it of what it could be for people. And that's the difference between someone that has most of their experience in residential real estate versus recreational properties is understanding what the potential is of that land and putting that out in the listing. Or when you're working with a buyer, um, helping them understand what the potential is of that land. So yeah. writing a listing description, being very descriptive and and, and telling a story is something yeah. I really enjoy to do. And that really opens it up because I think about when I've written and my brain goes right to, okay, uh, building or hunting. And I would love to buy recreational property myself and my wife and I are looking at houses outside town and stuff like that. I'm not a big hunter. I mean, I grew up hunting a little bit, but I'm not a big hunter now, but you know, I'd love to have a chunk of land that I could find salamanders on love newts and salamanders. Right. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, we looked at a place uh, down on McKinley earlier this year and found some salamanders fell in love with the place and they got sold out from under us. But that, Uh, that happens. (laughs) You know, I, I push my uh, clients to be a lot quicker when it's me spending my money. I'm like, we're gonna, we're gonna think about this. And it it is a different process. It's a whole different process. (laughs) I, I also think you cover a pretty big, area. So I would say that my primary range is about a five county range of Midland County, Bay County, Saginaw, uh, Claire, Gladwin, and and even Isabella County, if you want to throw in a sixth there. Yeah. But I do very frequently list properties all over the state and I represent buyers all over the state. I've got a listing over in Calava right now. I've sold property up in Manton, uh, West Branch, Gaylord, over in White Cloud. Yeah. Um, Had a Uh, a buyer over there. I just recently helped a retired Detroit police officer buy a piece of property up North 
and uh, and then he turned around and, and sent me an email and said, hey, I've got a friend that wants to buy some property in Mancelona. Do you do Mancelona? And I said, if it's in the mitten, uh, it's it's within my reach. There you go. So do you find that you get most of your clientele from word of mouth or do you, uh, and I know you have a big internet presence. You do quite a bit and well-produced videos and audio and, you know, you've done a lot of podcasting. Do you, do you feel like that's vital in reaching the people you're looking to work with? Absolutely, Nate. You know, it is a combination of word of mouth and it is also a little bit of just making sure that the right people in the right places know who you are and what it is that you do. I've spent a lot of time personally with MUCC, uh, Michigan DNR, Pheasants Forever. MUCC. MUCC is the Michigan United Conservation Council. Gotcha. And they're the ones that lead and run the Michigan... QDM, which is quality deer management. Yep. They run the Michigan QDM co-op program. And so I started a co-op in Midland County, the Pine River QDM co-op. Through those things that has expanded my network all over the state because we go to weekend learning, I guess I would call it workshops. Sure, sure. Um, and things like that. And so yeah. I've met those folks, but meeting them and them knowing that habitat is something that is a passion of yours doesn't mean that they know that you also do that professionally. Correct. And so it really is on you to make sure that the people in your sphere and within your network um, not only know that you have the knowledge, but know that that's what you do. So I work hard with that on social media and without being pushy, just, just making sure people are aware. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much for joining us today. When you need a realtor, give me a call at 989-600-4214. Together, we'll get it done with both professionalism and a little bit of humor. Let me know if you have a topic you'd like me to cover on this podcast by dropping me a line, or even better, stop by and see me at Modern Realty at 6024 Eastman Avenue right here in Midland, Michigan. For all you Facebookers, you can find me by searching for Nate Cody of Modern Realty. And don't forget the A in Cody. It stands for a good time to call your realtor. Keep your eye on the market and I'll see you out there.